we've heard about where that journey ends already. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, there's a resurrection at the end. So keep that in mind. But it's important to go on the journey, isn't it? Because the enormity and the magnificence of this great event can sometimes become familiar to us or be lost on us. And so the goal this morning is for it not to be, for us to be gripped perhaps for the first time of it this morning or perhaps for the hundredth time or the thousandth time. But I'm going to start with a riddle today. Only one colour but not one size. Stuck at the bottom yet I easily fly. Present in sun but not in rain, doing no harm and feeling no pain. What am I? Have a chat to those around you. Only one colour but not one size, stuck at the bottom yet I easily fly, present in sun but not in rain, doing no harm and feeling no pain. Have a chat. Alrighty. I've had a little bit of a chat. Who knows what it is? Who can yell it out? Kiri. It's a shadow. That is right. Well done, Kiri. Did anyone else get it? Yeah, oh, a few people. Not many over this side. Come on, guys. Um, I'm going to play a game now. I've got a few different shadows that are going to come up on the screen. And you need to try and guess what the shadow is. So this is the first one. Yell it out. It's a dog. Can I have more information? (laughs) It's a dog on a lead, yes. What kind of dog do you reckon it might be? No, it's not a German Shepherd. Let's... Okay, let's find out. There we go, it's one of those terrier dogs, like a, some kind of terrier. Alright, next shadow. What's this a shadow of, do you think? Uh, hands up. Ollie. Is it a guy holding a guitar? Let's find out, Ollie. Indeed it is. Walking along, the be- walking along the beach. It's a beautiful shadow, that one, isn't it? All right, this one might be a little bit harder. What's this a shadow of? Okay, have we got someone from over this side? No, it's not a building. It's not a building. Good guess. A boat. Did someone say a boat? Yeah, it is. A houseboat, yes. Indeed, it is a houseboat. Well done. When you see shadows, you know that the night's coming. And the later it gets, the larger the shadows, and the larger the shadows, the darker it becomes over the land, over wherever you are. What would happen to my basil plant here? What would happen to my basil plant if it lived under a shadow, so in the darkness? Anyone know? John Pierre? It would die. That is right, because 
basil plant, any kind of plant really, needs sunlight to live. You see, light in the Bible is a symbol of life. Darkness in the Bible is a symbol of death. And we're like plants without light. It's because of our sin. The world's in darkness. We live, if you like, under a shadow of death. And there's nothing we can do about it. We can't take this shadow away. We can't run out from under it. We can't escape this shadow of death that hovers over each and every one of our lives. The shadow might not be obvious, but if you look at the right time and at the right place, it'll be there. And the whole world is under it. And in this kind of world that is under the shadow of death, hope only brings disappointment, doesn't it? We have dreams, but our dreams aren't realised, so we learn not to dream. We have goals, but our goals aren't achieved, so we learn not to have too much ambition. At some stage, I reckon everyone looks at their life and they think, this isn't what I hoped for. This isn't how I thought things would turn out for me. But as we've heard already in the song that we sang, in the prayer that we prayed, there is good news. Easter is all about good news. The real and the lasting hope. Not disappointment. Real and lasting hope found in Jesus. And in part two, we're going to explore Jesus' mission to a world under a shadow of death. So we heard uh, before that life in the world is life under a shadow of death. But Jesus came on a rescue mission. He came to rescue a world under the shadow of death. And Mark's Gospel speaks of this Jesus as God's forever King who's come to bring the kingdom of life, not the kingdom of death. And along the way in Mark's Gospel... The reader meets lots of people, lots of people who are very aware that their life is under death's shadow. They're people in real need, bruised and battered by the world, vulnerable to physical, emotional and mental turmoil. People just like us. And these people they look to Jesus for help. They put their hope in Him and every time Jesus shows His power. He shows His power to push back the shadow of death engulfing their lives. Now, we're going to look at two examples from Mark and you need to try and work out what each one is by the clues that I give you. Now, the first one there will be three sound clues. And for the second one, it's going to be acted out, like very, very short snippet. Okay, so who wants to be my actors for the second one? Because it might be good for you to just look at your very short instructions before you do it. Anyone want to be my actor? Okay, sound clue number one. Thank you, Chris. And if you know what it is, just keep it to yourself. 
All right, sound clue number two. Sound clue number three. Who snores like that? Oh, this finger pointing going on. Oh, loving it. Gee, you find some stuff out. Um, <laughs> all right, who thinks they know what this example is from Mark's Gospel? Yes, that's right. Yes, Jesus is asleep in the boat during the storm on the Sea of Galilee. His disciples are under the shadow of death. There's a big storm. They're scared they're going to die. And they go and wake Jesus up. And they say, don't you care, Jesus? And Jesus says, don't you know me? You should, you should know that you're going to be safe with me. You know, death has no dominion. And Jesus just says, be quiet. And the shadow of death that's looming over them is pushed back and everything's calm. It's the first example. All right, the second example. All right, can we have my two, the, Ollie and Ellie, can you come, guys come over here and start over there? Now you have to do this in a really, really loud voice, okay? Great job, guys. Now there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff in between those two bits. Uh, in Mark that might have been a little bit too difficult to go through. But who knows what that story is? Can it, does anyone know? Um, Matt? Jairus' daughter, that's right. Jairus's daughter is really, really sick and Jairus begs Jesus to come and just touch her so that she's healed. She actually dies during the time that Jesus comes to her and people say, there's no use, don't bother, she's dead. And Jesus says, she's not really dead, she's just asleep because he says that because he's powerful over death and he just says, get up. And she gets up and the shadow of death that was looming over that scene is pushed back. Well done, guys. Excellent effort. What we've, se- what we've seen in those stories is that Jesus has the power to cast the shadow of death from people's lives. But where does his life end up? Anyone? On the cross. That's right. Under the shadow of death. And people mock him. You saved others, Jesus, but you can't save yourself, they say. Darkness covers the land. That's interesting, isn't it? Darkness. And Jesus dies. But that was all part of God's plan. To rescue a world under the shadow of death, Jesus himself had to come under that same shadow. His death was the only way to take it away, the only path to real and lasting hope. But that's what That's just what it was, a path. The grave would not be Jesus' final destination. Let's reflect on what Jesus has done for us, how he's come and kissed a guilty world in love. Isn't that wonderful poetry? Kissed a guilty world in love. We're going to sing that now uh, in our next song. It's an interesting ending, isn't it, (laughs) to Mark's Gospel? A little bit different to the other Gospels. Is that 
in your Bibles, that massive chunk that comes after what Edwin just read, isn't in the earliest manuscripts. It seems like uh, someone down the track, someone, you know, obviously there was an original Mark's Gospel that Mark wrote, and then people copied it for others to be able to read, and it seems like someone didn't thought that Mark mustn't have meant to end it there, and kind of like chucked a chunk on the end, and that's why some of the older manuscripts we have have that section, but it's not there, and actually, I, don't, I think Mark intended to end it there. It's a cliffhanger ending, isn't it? It's not the um, Disney movie ending where everything is kind of resolved and all the tension is taken out of the story and all the loose ends are tied up. It's an ending that looks back at who Jesus was, who, he said, who, who Jesus is, who He said He is, and it looks and what he did, and it looks forward as well to the gospel going out to the nations. And I think that ending puts the focus on the reader to make a choice about this Jesus. Now, as we look at uh, Mark chapter 16, at the beginning of chapter 16, the shadow of death still looms large, doesn't it, over these three women. I don't think anyone would would have wanted to trade places with them. And I reckon it's a sign of their intense grief that it's not until they've bought the spices and they're on the way to the tomb that they realise and remember that there's a massive hunk of rock that stands in their way. Isn't that interesting? But even here, right at the beginning, Mark 16, perhaps there's a hint of hope. Mark makes a big deal about the time of day, doesn't he? Sunrise, indeed it is. Could it be that Mark is hinting here at a new dawn, at a new day, at a new beginning, where the darkness has passed and the shadow of death has been pushed back? taken away, removed. Well, the women aren't really thinking in these terms. They're not, they're not thinking about everything that Jesus has said. They're overcome by grief. The shadow of death hovers over them and as they head to the tomb, they're expecting to find their dead Lord. But when they get there, they don't have to worry about the stone. It's been rolled away. So they go into the tomb, but the tomb's empty, or almost empty. Who's there? I can't hear you. Who's there? A young man, dressed in white. Jesus isn't there, though. And it's this young man that's dressed in white that announces the greatest most momentous announcement that has ever been made in history. And I don't reckon it's an overstatement to say that. It's news that's echoed through all lands, across all ages, across all time. 
and at great volume. It's news that's brought real and lasting hope to many, many living in a world under the shadow of death. He has risen, he is not here. That's right, he has risen, he is not here. The shadow of death, pushed away, cast aside. It's just as Jesus said it would be many times in Mark's Gospel, the kingdom that promises life has come and it's come in the power of his resurrection. Not, this is not just some spiritual, imagined resurrection. This is a physical, flesh and blood resurrection. But even if we believe this is true, even if we hold on to this real and lasting hope that the resurrection brings, don't we still feel and see that life is lived, at least in some way, under the shadow of death still? Until Jesus returns, we still feel and experience this shadow of death over the world, don't we? And we, we see it in the sorrows of life, in grief, when our loved ones die, in pain, when we're hurt, when we're upset, when we wish things were different. And we feel it, don't we? We feel the shadow of death in the fears of life as well. The fear of ageing. The fear of a bully at school. All kinds of fears in life, we feel it. But nothing can change that Jesus has gone through death and out the other side for us. He's gone ahead of us. Ahead of us who cannot raise themselves. Who do not have an answer to the sorrows and fears of life. And so the resurrection is real and lasting hope to a world under the shadow of death. 